you praise, to give you thanksgiving, God, for all that you do for us, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, our Father. God, words can never express enough thanks to you for your loving kindness, O God. Your tender mercies, your long-suffering, O God. We give thanks, Lord, again today. Amen for your goodness, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Praise God. We just want to get right into the words of the Lord. Amen. Not that I speak in respect of want, but I have learned and whatsoever Carolina, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Amen. No matter what state I am in, I will be therefore content. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Are you content? Are you content? Don't pull my wig. <laughs> you got to be, yeah, be, scalp me, you know. You have to learn contentment. Amen. And whatsoever state I am, I have learned that word to be content with who I am, where I am, and what I am doing. Amen. As the, one of the things we have to learn and realize is that we get saved because we're going to a better place. God has taken us to a better place. Amen. We're going to a city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And so, therefore, we want to do everything to be content with who we are and what God is doing in our lives. And we want to grow in him. Amen. And, you know, the Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. And so we want to get everything that God has for us. Amen. And spiritual things. We want to grow spiritually in Christ so that we are able to put on the whole armor of God. We're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. When those uncircumcised, when those uncircumstances, unwarranted circumstances, let's put it that way, come into our lives, we can still worship God. Amen. Because the enemy of our soul is going to do everything he can to wear us out, to try to take us out. But we got to realize that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we've got to get into the habit that when things come against you, you don't let it take you out. You got to get in the habit of rejoicing. Amen. Amen. You got to get in the habit of rejoicing. You can't allow the enemy to knock the wind out of yourself. Amen. So every time you get a trial, every time you get a circumstance, you need to learn how to rejoice. Oh, pastor, that's easier said than done. No, that's what the scripture says. <laughs> Just tell you what your father says to do. He's got the key. He's got the answer. Amen. So we have to learn to do that. Amen. So last week we talked about, amen, the ways uh, we don't compare ourselves to others. Amen. You are who God has made you. The Psalms 139 say you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that my soul knoweth right well. So God is working in your life. Amen. So you, if you compare yourself to me, then he's not going to be able to complete what he's trying to do in you. See, you have to let him work in your life. Amen. You study the word of God. You apply the word of God. You let God use you to the best of your ability. You need to raise your hand and say, God, here am I. Use me. Amen. God, I want to be using you. I want to be that one that you're seeking for to put in the gap, to mend the hedges, 
Amen. So the land won't be destroyed. Amen. I want to be used by God. Amen. In every area of my life. Amen. You're never too old to be used of God. You can talk about God. You can tell people about God. You can teach Bible studies. You know, you can do that. You know, wouldn't it be neat that elderly people just had a, a, a round table of talk about God? They do. A lot of them do. Amen. Sometimes we think we get old, we can't teach Bible studies. You know, no, that should never be. You should you should be, you know, talking to all those old friends you got. Oh, I didn't mean to say it that way. But uh, be talking to the elderly about the Lord. You know, people need to have the Lord. You, you know, there's a lot of elderly out there that don't know the Lord. But they, they, they're, they seem like when they get older, they start wanting to seek for him. So those of us that are elderly, and I, I don't classify myself being young anymore, but we, uh, you know, have to be ready to to teach the things of the Lord. We got to be ready to give an answer. Amen. So don't say yourself short. You know, you could be a soul winner. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs, he that wins his souls is wise, and and that the old should bring forth fruit in old age. Amen. And my sister-in-law and her husband have an old apple tree down there in Wisconsin. Dale, man, the thing looked like it's about ready to fall at any minute. And every year it has one limb comes out, you know, on it, a little short limb. And every year there's apples on it. Yeah. I don't know how old it is. It's, I think I asked them one time. They said it was like over a hundred and some years old. You know, old tree still producing apples. You know, Caleb of 85 years old, man, he looked at Joshua and said, man, I'm just as strong as I am today as I was at 40 years old. Give me my mountain. You know, God says I could have a mountain. Give it up. Amen. That's what we got to go. Amen. So don't focus yourself to someone else, but let God do work in you. The Bible says he'll work who will let him. Amen. So we want to allow God to to work in your life so he can bring that contentment. So tonight we wanted to go to number two. We don't focus on what we do not have. Now, this is one of the biggest things that cause discontentment in people's lives. We're focusing on what we don't have versus what we do have. Amen. We got more than what we can bargain for. Amen. We got so much stuff in America we don't know what to do with. You know, somebody told the story about how a guy came from India one time and he went in his house he said, boy, them Americans, they got everything. They got so much stuff that they got to have rooms to hang their clothes in. Walk-in closets. You know, think about two-car garages. Three-car garages now. You know, we got more stuff than what we know to do with. But yet, we're not content with what we have. We want more. Amen. And then we complain about we got too much junk. <laughs> and then we complain that I don't know what I'm going to do with all this. And then we complain I need to have a yard sale. And then we go buy more stuff. And, you know, we never just seems to be content. Amen. But we need to focus on what we do have. Amen. And one of the things we don't focus on what we do have is we don't focus that we're saved. Who's that? I'm here. <laughs> we don't focus on what we do have. 
We don't focus on that we've been born again. We don't focus that, you know, I've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. I don't focus on God has brought me out of the world and he set my feet on a solid rock. See, I focus on what I don't have, material things. We should be excited about what God has given to us. Amen. Think about 7 billion people in the world. But yet God chose you out of all those, put his spirit in you, put his name upon you, and says, I want to use you, and I'm going to take you to a better place. If we would focus on that, we won't worry about a whole lot of the material things. Amen. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. This is going to go away. You can't take anything out of this world with you. So we need to be excited about this new birth experience. We need to be excited about what God is putting in us. Think about all the promises that he has given us. This is where our focus needs to be. What he has done. What he has delivered us from. Amen. I don't know about you, but I know where I was when he pulled me out. You know, by the world standard, I was an alcoholic. He delivered me from that. I focus on what he has done in my life. Amen. And that's why I'm content with who I am. Amen. And I'm allowing him to work in my life. Paul told Timothy, his protege here, in 1 Timothy 6, 6-8, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing in this world, into this world, And it is certain we can carry nothing out. Amen. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Amen. Notice, but godliness, holiness, separation unto God, reverence in God, respect for God. Amen. And devotion and dutifulness to God. This is godliness. That's what godliness is. It's separation. It is holiness. It is reverence in God. It is respecting God in His ways. It's to being devoted and dutiful to the things of God. You know, you've got a duty to God. Amen. That's why Jesus said, when you've done all those things that are command of you, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty. It's your duty to go to church. It's your duty to tell somebody about God. It's your duty to worship God. Amen. This is all part of godliness and contentment, self-satisfaction, satisfied in who you are, sufficient, a mind contented with the lot that you have. Wherever you got, you are supposed to have a mind content with that. That's why David says, my heart is fixed, O Lord, my heart is fixed. I will rise and give you praise. Amen. Sufficiency of the necessities of life. Amen. My God shall supply all your need according to his glory and riches by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. God will supply the things he have need of. I didn't bring you out to leave you. I brought you out to carry you in. Amen. Israel's problem was they got to focusing on what they didn't have versus what they had. Amen. You stop and look at the scriptures. Every day, God was providing their provision for them. Amen. He was protecting them. He was giving them food. He was giving them drink. Their clothes didn't wear out. Because you think you walk 40 years and your shoes don't wear out? My goodness. You know, everything they had need of, God was providing for them. But they were not content with what God was doing for them. Instead of rejoicing that they were going to the promised land, 
and excited about what God was doing. No, they start murmuring, complaining, bickering. Amen. And as a result, they complained and murmured and bickered so much that when they got to the promised land, they couldn't even believe God could defeat their enemies. And that's what's happening even in the church today. We murmur, we bicker, we complain so much about what we don't have that when God is trying to do something for us, we can't even see it. Amen. So we have to realize this. Amen. God will supply every need that you have need of. Amen. And this is one of the tricks of the enemy, you see. He wants you to be content. And the way he started, he starts at the earliest age in life to make children discontent. And if he can get children discontent, then he knows he can work on them all the way the rest of their lives of being discontent. You know, one of the things even today he uses is to put you in debt early. Because he knows when you get in debt, you ain't going to be content. See? And that's what he desires is for you to be discontented, amen, and in the things of God. See? Because if he knows if you can be discontented, you're going to be wavering back and forth. And James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. See? And so we have to learn how to be content. As I said, Israel, you know, they were so discontented. You know, and and not satisfied with what God was doing for them, they said, "Give us a king just like everybody else. We want somebody to lead us. Just we don't want God to lead us. Give us give us a king just like all the other nations." And Samuel was torn apart. He said, "You don't know what you're asking for." And God says to him, "Give him to him." He says, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Samuel said, man, you just don't know what you're asking for. And he began to lay it out what this king would do to them. He's going to take your property. He's going to take your children. He's going to take your daughters. He's going to take everything. He's going to tax you, everything else. And we're dealing with that today. Because they was not content with God. If we are not content with God, you know what? We'll say, give us somebody else. Give me something else to fulfill what I think I need. And I'm here to tell you, man will never make you content. Amen. You need to be aware of that. Amen. And so when we become discontent, usually that's what happens when we focus on what we don't have versus what we do have. We will continue to keep looking for something else to fill the gap. Amen. And that's not good. Amen. And on our lives. And go to Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. Verse 18. We know the story here. The children of Israel came into the promised land. And you would have thought they would have been so excited and so obedient after seeing what had taken place. But notice they come into the land of Israel. And Joshua, the Lord told Joshua. He says tell the people that everything in the city. Other than what I tell you to take is a curse. Everything in the city is a curse in Jericho. 
other than what I tell you to take. But Achan, notice, I believe Achan is one of those that didn't purify himself on the other side. See, God's command to them was to rise up and circumcise all the males, which was a form of baptism, and purify yourself, cleanse yourself. You know, if they'd have did that right, I think you'd have been in the right state of mind. But he didn't. And so, and as a result, here they come into the, into the city of Jericho. He they walks around the Jericho wall one day for six days, and then the seven days, the seven days, at seven times, excuse me. And then they shouted. And the walls fell down. And then they went in to the city of Jericho. Verse 19. And then we'll read the 20. And Joshua said unto Achan. Now he's standing before because they're getting zapped. They just got zapped at Ai. And so God told Joshua, he said, there's sin in the camp. That's why you can't be victorious. There's sin in the camp. And so they, they did lots and it came down to Achan. Ain't it amazing? God knows who's doing wrong. See, I don't have to... Do it. He tells me. You know. <laughs> and so Joshua said to Achan, my son, give, I pray, the glory to the Lord God of Israel and make a confession unto him and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. Verse 20. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the God of Israel. And thus and thus have I done. Verse 21. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment, he wasn't content with his own clothes. Maybe Joshua uh, Aiken said, man, I can have me a silk robe, you know, royal robe, three-piece suit, you know, Pinstripe, pin-toe shoes, Buster Brown shoes, you know. You know, notice, I saw the spoil a Babylonian garment and 200 shackles of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shackle weight. Then I coveted them. Notice, he says, man, I... Just had to have him. That's what covetous is, you know. And took them, and behold, they are, excuse me, hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. Verse 22. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hid in his tent, and the silver under it. Verse 23. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. Verse 24, and Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garments and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters, his oxen, his asses, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had and brought them into the valley of Achor. Verse 25, 
And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Notice, he was not content. And it cost him his life. This is what happens if we are not content with what we have. This is why Paul says, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Don't focus on what you see out there because it will make you discontent. You're riding down the road and you're coming into lacrosse and here's this billboard and it flashes. Lottery, $65 million. And people run and they buy the lottery tickets because they're not content, you know, with what they have. They look for the instant gratification, the instant win. And as a result, it's the devil's way of hooking you and causes you to give out more money and more money. And the next thing you know, every day you're scratching off the scratch. And the next thing you know, you're buying more tickets and the more tickets and more tickets and more tickets and the next thing you know is all a sign that you are not content with what you have. Amen. What is it? They win the lottery one out of million, 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 millions. You know. But 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 think about that. And see, and that's what the enemy desires. Because he knows if he can get you started once, he's going to get you to do it again. And do it again. And pretty soon, you are spending your money on things that does not matter. And you become discontented. And next thing you know, you're in debt. And you got more discontentment. Because all start for focusing on what you don't have versus what you do have. We brought nothing into the world. You ain't taking nothing out. Amen. So we have to learn that contentment. Amen. But Achan was not content. Romans 7, 7 Paul says, I did not know that lust was a sin until I read in the law, thou shalt not covet it. Amen. Notice, because thou shalt not covet it was one of the Ten Commandments. God knew from the inception that if we coveted at the things, amen, it would cause us to be discontent. Amen. We do not focus on what we do not have. We focus on what we do have. Amen. In the Old Testament, amen, in the book of Kings, we find that, you know, Ahab was out walking one day. And all of a sudden, he's out walking along the area, and he comes upon neighbor's vineyard. His neighbor's vineyard. Instead of rejoicing with his neighbor in his neighbor's vineyard and being excited about his neighbor's vineyard, Ahab went to neighbor and says, hey, man, sell me your vineyard. And neighbor says, I'm not going to sell you my father's inheritance. You lost your mind. You know, my dad gave me this vineyard. I'm not going to sell it. And what happened? He became discontent. He became depressed. He was so discontent, he became depressed. He went home, laid down, couldn't rest, couldn't eat. You know, Jezebel says to him, what's wrong with you? You know, she says, what's wrong with you? And he said, well, I want a neighbor to sell me his vineyard, and he wouldn't sell it to him. She says, well, I'll get it for you. You know, and she concocted a lie. Amen. And they stoned Nabal. Amen. They put him to death just so he could have that vineyard. 
all because of discontentment. People constantly seize other people's stuff. Their property, their material, their spouse, you know, their homes or whatever, and they want it. And people kill people for other people's stuff because they're not content with what they have. You know, there's people doing time right now because, you know, they they wanted somebody else's spouse, and so they killed the other spouse, you know, all kinds of things. You know, because they're not content with what they have. Amen. You have to learn contentment. Amen. Money does not make you happy. Money cannot buy you happiness. You can have all the money in the world. It's not going to bring you happiness. Matter of fact, you will find yourself being more discontent with the more money you have than what you do have. Amen. That's why the Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Amen. You love it, it becomes the root of evil. And once you start doing evil, don't think you're going to have contentment. Amen. Evil in your life means that you, you, you're, going, you're going to be in a disarray. You know, you've got to be content. Amen. God knows where we are at every moment, in every circumstance, in every situation. So Ahab and Jezebel put Nabal to death. And later on in life, God put them to death. You know, so we have to realize these things. Amen. We have to learn to be content with the things that we have. If I have a vineyard, hey, great. That's why the Bible tells us to rejoice with them that rejoice. You know, if you got a nice house, rejoice. Don't covet somebody else's stuff. You know, because that's a sign of discontentment. You know, rejoice with them. Be excited with them. One of the problems of discontentment that we have a lot of times is because the fact of the matter is we do not plan in advance. We are to teach children. We are to teach one another. And we are to plan accordingly, amen, for the times ahead, see, so that we can learn contentment in life. If I am content with who I am, what I have, and what I am doing, then I will be content all the way through. You know, people go to school. They get degrees. They choose careers. And they do all kinds of things. And then they get a job that they took a career for. And then they're not content. Think about that. I mean, they go to school four, six, eight, ten years. To be a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, mason, or whatever they choose to be. Spend all that money to get that profession. Then to get hired. And they're not content. What'd you go that route for? That's the sign you didn't ask God what you want me to be. See? Because if you'd ask God from the onset and, and let him lead you, then you would have probably been content with where you got hired at. And we'll talk more about this later on in, in another segment here, but, but that's, that's what happens with people. We, we get people that pray, God, I need a job. God says, okay, here. Then they get the job. 
then they ain't content. Because they're looking over here. God, I didn't want to work at Burger King. I wanted to work at Hardee's. How dare you? God said, wait a minute. You just asked me for a job. You didn't. You weren't specific. And by the way, I know where I want you at. See? Because there might be someone at Burger King that needs to be saved. And they need to see a witness. So you have to learn to be content with where you are. Amen. And with what you have. Amen. People... Work, they get their paycheck, they look at it. Oh, man, this is nothing. I can't make it off this. <laughs> now, notice, because they're not content. Why don't we rejoice that God let us have a job? Why don't we get excited, rejoicing, giving them thanks? Amen. Of what he's given us. Amen. He's given me health. He's given me strength. You know. And I rejoice that I have a job. You know. That I am content. With who I am. And what he's doing. Because if I'm not content working. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to be discontent working. I'd rather be happy and excited about working. Than to be dragging to work every day. Here I go again. You know. I would be just like David when he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You know, when, when I was in the military, I used to tell people, I love the military. It didn't bother me to get up in the morning to go to work. I didn't care what time they call. You know, because I saw it as God with me. You know, and that's the attitude we've got to have. No matter what employment you have, you should be excited as a child of God, because God is with you through it all. Somebody on that job needs to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Somebody on that job needs to hear, amen, that there's a God that can help them in their lives. And so don't worry about the money. You can't take it with you anyhow. He's going to supply all your need according to his glory and riches by Christ Jesus. You do what he's asking you to do, and see don't he work it out for you and for your good. Amen. This is what God wants. So we don't focus on what we don't have. We focus on what we got. I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible said. Go to work singing that tomorrow. Go on your job singing that. Watch people's face go, what happened to you? I remember when I first got saved, I went back to work that Monday morning. Man, they thought I had gone crazy. You know, but hey, we've got to be content with what we have. Amen. And not what we don't have. His grace is sufficient for me, Paul says. Amen. Second Corinthians 3, 5. Second Corinthians 3, 5. Notice what Paul says. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Amen. Our sufficiency is of God. Our abilities comes from Him. 
Amen. Our competence levels come from Him. Amen. Everything we have need of come from Him. Go to 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan above it me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Paul says, God, you got to get this thrown out of me. Got any thorns in your flesh? <laughs> Why not just leave them there? <laughs> What's your thorn in the flesh? What, what has God put in you to keep you buffeted? What is, what is he doing in your life to keep you focused on him? You know, sometimes we could have a pain and it might be what's keeping us praying. <laughs> Whereas if we didn't have it, we might not pray. You know? And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak... Then am I strong. Verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Do you get excited about sickness? Do you dance? Do the Mr. Bow jingles, you know, clap your heels? You know, you raise your hand, run the aisles? You know? You know, one of the things, say at verse 10 one minute, Dave. One of the things about being content with who we are and in Christ, you ever been in church and the Lord tell you to take a run? And you just sat there? That should be a wake-up call. Do you think the devil is going to tell you to run and, and, and jump and leap your and raise your hands and praise God? He ain't going to do that. See? Sometimes you need to just react to what you feel. Paul says, I take pleasure in infirmities. Wow. <laughs> I take pleasure that I don't feel good. I take pleasure that my body's got pain. Think about it. Because he's becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. That's why Peter says, Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning the fire trials to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. He said, Rejoice. See? Rejoicing in the Lord is a sign of contentment. This is a sign that you are letting God lead you and God work through you. You know your trust is in him. You know, you know he will supply all your needs. You know he will bring you through. Amen. He says, in reproaches, when things are coming against you. He says, I take pleasure in these things. In necessities, when I have needs. When people talk about me. <laughs> in distress, for Christ's sake. But when I'm weak, I'm strong. Because greater is he that is in you. 
than he that is in the world. Amen. Oh, my, where did my time go? My goodness. Amen. So he is our sufficiency. He's going to provide for me. So I don't need to focus on what somebody else has and what I don't have. I need to focus on what I have right now and what he has given me. Nothing compares to the power of the Holy Ghost. Nothing compares to the truth that he has given me. Amen. And to you. And this is why you should be content first and foremost in God. Amen. And if you're content in him, he will continue to reveal more things to you. And you will see how he's working on your behalf. And you don't have to worry about everything else. That's why Moses told the children of Israel, if you be obedient to the word of God, he said, you'll be the head. You won't be the tail. He says, you'll be going out and coming in with all kinds of stuff. Read Deuteronomy 28. He said, if you be obedient to the word of God, bless you'll be coming in. Bless you'll be going out. I'll make you the head and not the tail. Your cows and everything else is just going to be abundantly overflowing. The child of God is supposed to have stuff. Amen. You Because you are content with what you already have. You're supposed to be the lender, not the borrower. Come on. Let God use you to do what He's his purpose. Get in line with the word of God. Amen. You're trying to do it your own way. It ain't going to work. It's never going to work as a child of God. You ain't going to do it your own way. God's ways is not your ways, and his thoughts are not your thoughts. So don't focus on what you don't have. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. Amen. And he shall supply your need. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Your rivers of depression, I'll be right there with you. And the fire trials of your life, they're not going to burn you. Neither shall the flames kindle against you. I've called you by your name. You are mine, said the Lord Isaiah 43, 1, 2, 3, right? Amen. So don't focus on what you don't have. What do you have? Amen. When Elijah came to the woman that's there, you know, he says, who are, you know, well, excuse me, let me switch stories here. The, the, they was going to take the woman's son and, and, and sell him. And I, Elisha said, what do you got in your house? She says, all I got is a cruise of oil, little cruise of oil. He says, okay, go out and get as many pots as you can find. And when you got them, go in your house, shut the door, and pour. She sent her sons out. They went. Came back with all these pots. She shut the door and start pouring. And then she says, bring me another pot. And they says, there ain't no more. She went to Elijah and says, don't have no more pots. He says, okay, go sell what you have, pay your debt, and live off the rest. The story is to let you know. See, if she would have focused on what she didn't have, what she was about to do, because she says, I can't pay them. And he says, well, what do you have? She says, all I got is a cruise oil. Said, that's enough. That's all you need. What God has given you. Use it. Amen. Use what God has given you. Use your talents. Use your abilities that God has given you. Be content. Don't worry if you can't lay bricks 
If all you can do is pick up paper, flip hamburgers, flip hamburgers. Amen. Whatever you can do, but don't focus on what you don't have. You know, focus on what you do have. You got a roof over your head, be thankful. You got shoes on your feet, be thankful. You got clothes on your back, be thankful. Amen. You got running water, be thankful. Because there's people in the world that don't have what you have. Amen. And you should be thankful. Amen. And everything give, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, because God wants you to be content. As his children, he don't want you trusting in the world for stuff. You know, he wants you to lean on him and to trust him. Amen. He's your father. Amen. He knows what things we have need of before we ever asked of him. Amen. Even King David was not content with what he had. Think about it. You know, he, he had wives. He had stuff. You know. And then he saw one of his soldiers' wives, and he wanted her, and he took her. And as you heard me say this, David violated all Ten Commandments with Bathsheba in one act. Just like that. You know, because he wasn't content with what he had. Should have been in the battlefield. He's in the rear, (laughs) you know. Even Solomon. When you look at 2 Samuel 13, I mean, chapter um. Let me see here. Excuse me. Where was it at? I lost it. First Kings 11. Amen. Solomon. Look at all the women he had. 700 wives, 300 concubines, princes. He wasn't content. And you know the sad thing about that story? Is God went and talked to him two times. God told him, those women are going to lead you away from me. Leave him alone. And he wouldn't listen. And when he was old, they turned his heart away from God. And he's not mentioned in the whole of faith in Hebrews 11. One is enough. <laughs> Praise God. We have to learn contentment. Amen. <laughs> and so, and as a result of that, he was not content with what he had. And as a result, it brought him down. Amen. So we don't bingo, we don't gamble, we don't play the lottery because all these things are signed that we are not content with what God has done for us. Amen. We have to be content even with who we are married to. Amen. You know, that's it. Number three on your paper there. Amen. We, we, we got to be content. I think that's number three, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you know the problem with divorce is our hearts are not there. That's not our treasure. Jesus is where your treasure is. They're where your heart be. See? If my mate is not my treasure, then my heart ain't going to be there. But if she becomes my treasure, then that's where my heart is going to be. And I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make sure that I make her the best that she can be. I'm a lover with uh, just like the Lord 
it with all my heart, mind, soul. He gets first, and she gets the next. <laughs> I love my neighbor as myself, right? See, that, that's what we've got to do. We have to learn contentment here. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later on, but, but these are things we've got to get. We've got to focus on what I've got. If it's not what I want, then I have to make it what I want. Because in Christ, amen, we can become all things, and all things become beautiful in his time. See? And so we can work on these things, amen, and, and not allow it to, to not be right. You know, when they ask Jesus, he says about Moses giving a voice of, the, of divorcement, he says because of the hardness of your heart. See? He says from the beginning it wasn't that way. Christians should not have a hard heart. That's why Jesus says you need to break up that file of ground. When he told the parable about the sower going forth and sowing the seed, and some fell among the wayside, some fell among the thorns, and some in the rocks, and some of the good soil. That soil is that soil that's been turned over. You've allowed God's word to get in there and get all the junk out of it. Amen. So that when the word of God comes into you, you can grow. Amen. And so to be content with who you are married to means you've got to love one another. It's a give and take. Here, you know, you got merit, be content. Amen. What you got? You don't need nothing else. That's what Hollywood does. That's what the world does. The world gets to a point and says, well, I don't want that anymore. Because they're focusing on other things. Others. See? And as a result, they're not focusing on Christ. Because when your focus is on Christ Jesus, then everything else lines up. See? And this is what God wants us to see through his word here, is get your treasure. Let it be your treasure. And where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. He wants us to be content with what we have in our lives. Amen. And all that we do. Amen. If you got food, you got clothes, be content. Amen. Number four, let your behavior be without covetousness. Amen. He goes on to say here, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So our behavior, our conversation, our behavior, how we act, how we conduct ourselves should be an example that we're content. Our character, our way of life should be in such a way that we're content in Christ. Amen. Don't be content with the things you don't have. Be cont- Not discontent, excuse me. With the things you don't have. Be content with the things you do have. You've got riches. Your father owned the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. And you are his child. So as a result of that, you are to be content. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. When you go home tonight, just look around. 
Just look around and see what you have. When you get in your car, when you walk out of here tonight, see what you got. Amen. Think about it. You know, and what God is trying to do in your life and be content and purpose in your heart. Amen. I'm not going to be discontent anymore from this day forward. But I'm going to learn contentment. See, because if we don't learn it, Dad has a way of taking us through things that make us learn contentment. Amen. I choose to just follow his commands so that I am content. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Any questions? Okay. Good. No questions. Don't forget Sunday is our sunrise. uh, Not sunrise, but Sunday (laughs) service. Amen. Uh, resurrection Easter for those in that don't know amen 9 to 945 is fellowship here 930 to 10 prayer and then 1030 starts our service 10 is prayer 10 to 1030 is prayer amen yeah and so come let's worship serve the Lord amen here as well amen again thank you for praying for me while i was gone amen and uh, let's learn contentment father we praise you again tonight lord for your goodness god we thank you for your grace and mercy and all that you do for as great as thy faithfulness lord you are the lord and lord alone and we thank you lord and i ask you to be with your people keep your hands upon each and every one of them lord god you know every need that is needed oh god As they draw to you, Father, I pray, Lord, that your spirit rest upon them. Let them be complete in you first and foremost, God, because that's your desire, O God, that we will be complete in in you, Lord. Bless them, Lord, I pray. Heal, strengthen, direct, and order their steps, God, according to your perfect will. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.